Today, I take you into the present day. My name is Dana Adcock, and welcome to Pitbulls Unleashed. Cleo, speak. Good girl. There seems to be so much fear coming from opponents of pit bulls. Think back to that story of the woman who moved into her new home in Lucadia. Both of her neighbors were scared of her pit bull mixes before they even met them. They were so scared, in fact, that the woman was forced to move. If they had met the two dogs, would the narrative be different? I thought about how first-hand experience may impact people's opinions of pit bulls. The pit bull owners and rescue workers that I spoke to all had positive feelings towards pit bulls, although they did self-select lifestyles or careers that involved them. Even so, could positive experiences help decrease breed discrimination? I asked Brian about his opinions on first-hand experiences with pit bulls. You talked a little bit, well, you talked about Dozer's ability to change people's perceptions of pit bulls and dogs in general. So do you think firsthand experience with pit bulls is important uh, and why or why not? I do. Um, I think just like anything else to overcome your fear, you need to like go through that process and you can... Maybe there's some ways out there that I'm unaware of, but maybe you can overcome some fears without actually have to physically do some things, but it's not that scary. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, people are way more terrified of spiders, I believe, (laughs) Um, but it's, they're just a furry teddy bear with Mm -hmm. a big smile and a tongue that will lick your skin off. That is about (laughs) as violent as it gets with a pit bull. So, I mean, the only thing I can say is... Go to a shelter and go walk one. Or like I said, go hang out with your neighbor that has one that maybe you've been scared of and he's never hurt a fly because he won't. Mm -hmm. Or she. And it's just, yeah, I I would go be around them. That to me is probably one of the better ways to overcome your fears. And as soon as you lay your hands on his soft fur, her soft (laughs) fur, and you just get the tongue straight to the face, as much as some people don't like it, you're getting it. (laughs) You'll realize that it's not the beast that you think it is, and it's the loving, caring animal that you probably wish you had in your house, because not only is he going to snuggle in bed with you, well, not only are you going to be fortunate enough to snuggle in their bed if you're lucky and fit, (laughs) he's going to protect that place. And children, they're so protective over children, and they're just the... Honestly, they're the perfect family dog. Like I said, they're the do-it-all dog. You want to go hike and summit mountains at 10,000 feet? They will hike and carry gear and do whatever you need them to do and be Mm -hmm. your best companion. If you want to fall asleep on the couch for the entire day because you don't feel good, you just wrap your arms around that big fluffy (laughs) teddy bear, drag them on in, and you got yourself a best friend all day. And they're, Mm -hmm. like I said, and it's literally until the end Mm -hmm. till dozer's last breath he was the most loyal thing i've ever come across in my entire life Mm -hmm. Uh, no no human can compare brian obviously had a strong connection with his pit bull enough to get a tattoo with the dog's ashes in it he described pit bulls as not the beast that you think it is and paints a rather sweet and loving picture Jenna shared similar sentiments, but also had an interesting point to add. So you have 
been a Pitbull owner and also interacted with Pitbulls by being in, as you, as you said, like an animal family um, yeah. and also visiting the Humane Society. Uh, so do you think that firsthand experience with Pitbulls is important and why or why not? Um, yes, I do. And I think that that is just because of, you know, those negative stereotypes that are held by a lot of people because of the media. Mm -hmm. um, I think that once you get to know them, it's hard to, you know, look at a dog like mine or any other pit bull that is a great family dog and look at them and say, this is the aggressive being that I've been told that it must be. Um, and so I think that firsthand experience is really, really important. And it's a great way for people to actually get to know the breed. But I mean, I hope that someday we can get to a point that that's not necessary. I mean, for mm -hmm. a lot of other breeds, people don't need to have first-hand experience to be able to say that must be a great family dog. Mm -hmm. um, and so I wish that we could get to that point where it's not necessary, but as of right now, just to end those stereotypes and end those stigmas, I think that it is important. Jenna points out that for most other breeds, first-hand experience isn't necessary. You never hear about someone hating golden retrievers and needing to interact with them to change this mindset. Although Elise pointed out that their bite numbers are somewhat high in San Diego County, there seems to be a hurdle we need to get over in terms of pit bulls specifically, the same hurdle we faced with other dogs in the past, although some factors seem to be making this harder than in the past. Thankfully, as we've seen with these interviews, this situation seems to be improving. Media and law is changing for the better, and pit bulls like Brian's and Jenna's are improving perceptions on an individual basis. There's still more work to go, though. In terms of law, Robert Hensley from the ASPCA thinks that breed neutrality is the path to take. What are, why are breed neutral legislation and policies important? Every dog is unique, even dogs within the same breed. And treating dogs as individuals and providing them with the care, training, and supervision they require, and judging them by their behavior and not by their physical appearance, is the most effective way to ensure that dogs and people continue to share safe and happy lives together. He emphasizes the importance of treating each dog as an individual, at least in the eyes of legislation and policies. San Diego seems to have a grasp on this, if not in the business portion of BSL, then at least in their pet ownership laws. The pet ownership laws do not directly target any breed. For example, this is what happens if your dog bites someone. You must notify the County Department of Animal Services, and by law, the dog is required to be quarantined for 10 days after the bite. You may be allowed to quarantine the dog at home if it has safe enclosure away from other people and animals. If you fail to keep the dog isolated, you can be charged with a misdemeanor and the dog can be impounded for the remainder of the quarantine period. The dog cannot be released until approved by County Animal Services. After a dog bite, your dog can also be declared a public nuisance animal or a dangerous dog. A public nuisance animal is one that has repeatedly violated state and local laws, obstructed, damaged, or inconvenienced the community, or injured or killed another animal. In contrast, a dangerous dog is one that has attacked or bitten two people within a 48-month period or attacked or bitten a person causing substantial injury or death. 
to declare a public nuisance animal or dangerous dog, typically a dog bite, attack, or other violation is reported to county animal services and an investigation is opened. The dog may be impounded and the case may be referred to the dangerous dog task force. If there is sufficient cause, the dog's owner will be notified in writing that the department intends to declare their animal a dangerous dog or a public nuisance animal. The owner may request a hearing to contest that designation. In certain cases, the dog may be euthanized, but in others, restrictions might be placed on the dog and owner. Other pet ownership laws in San Diego include humane treatment of an animal, what happens if a dog is locked in a car, and restraint in leash laws. None of these pet ownership laws directly target any specific breed. In addition to non-discriminatory animal laws, the people who enforce these laws need proper training in how to deal with animals. Police shootings of pit bulls should be prevented. Enforcement of animal laws should be tempered with knowledge of animal behavior as well as internal biases against specific breeds. Breed neutrality may be the best course of action for legislation, but is this true of everything? In her book, Brownwin Dickey suggests that a breed-blind shelter system may be beneficial for all breeds of dogs, so that biases surrounding any breed are removed. This is enforced by the study she provides about the difficulty of breed identification. I asked Nina from the Humane Society about this, and she seemed to have different thoughts. And once they're, once they're in your facility, how do you identify the breed type that you list the dog under? So is it an individual effort? Is it a team effort? How does that process work? Yeah, that's an individual effort. So our admission staff will determine what type of breed the dog is um, when they arrive. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then from, from your experience or the experience of the people you work with, do you think that different breeds tend to have different characteristics or do you think it's more based on individual dogs? I think it's, I think there are different breeds that have different characteristics, Mm -hmm. but it's never a guarantee. So even within breeds, there are variances and it depends on how they're socialized. Mm -hmm. So dogs have personalities just like humans do. So, for example, even a border collie considered one of the smartest breeds, you know, the dog that can achieve athletic feats, you know, better than an Olympian, Uh, it doesn't come programmed that way. The Mm -hmm. ones you see, for example, in the movies, they've been trained by expert handlers. So, um, for anyone who thinks that a breed has very specific characteristics, characteristics, um, you know, make sure to uh, do your research before you fall for that breed to make sure that um, they fit with your lifestyle, but also Mm -hmm. be aware that they can be, it can vary depending on personality and how they've been socialized. Mm -hmm. And so I've heard about this with some other shelters. And so I was just wondering if you had any opinions about it, but has the San Diego Humane Society ever considered shifting to a breed blind system and why or why not? No, we haven't. Um, You know, adding a new dog to your family is a big moment and it's understandable that some people seek guidance, even though breed is not a reliable guidepost for choosing the right dog at Mm -hmm. all times. Sometimes yeah. it is. So um, no, we haven't. Okay, yeah. So for for you, it can be it can be helpful as one of those factors to identifying the right dog for a family or someone yeah. who wants to adopt. Yeah, and I mean, there are many reasons to identify breed as well. You know, some some breeds are more prone to certain medical conditions, mm. and so. 
you know, it's just helpful information to have altogether. The more information we can give right. to the dog's next home, the next family, you know, the better, you know, the chances are that this is going to be a successful match. Right. That completely makes sense. Nina has a valid point. Although breed is not the end-all, be-all of what an animal will be like, it is a factor. This could impact how they treat animals medically, especially with dogs of all ages coming through their facilities. In a shelter setting, breed could be a valuable piece of information to know, even if it does mean some people may react with biases. So maybe we don't need an entirely breed-neutral world. Breed can still inform us about some characteristics of a dog, but we should not treat it as if it's the only factor that determines an individual. Socialization, home environment, care, health, and more can all affect the personality of a dog. In the vein of Jenna's comment, instead of striving to move towards a breed-neutral world, maybe we can move towards a breed-positive world. One that doesn't place negative associations on an entire breed, as we've trended towards every 10 or 20 years. A dog's breed wouldn't stop someone from living in the home that they choose or taking their dog to the dog park. A pit-positive world. I'm Dana Adcock. Thanks for tuning in to Pitbulls Unleashed. Pitbulls Unleashed is created, produced, and hosted by Dana Adcock. Thank you to the Keenan Institute for Ethics for funding this project through the Ethics in Place Summer Fellowship. Thank you to Duke University. Thank you to Elise Bird from Passion for Pities, Jenna Chandler, Robert Hensley from the ASPCA, Brian Jackson, Nina Thompson from the San Diego Humane Society, and Lindsay Winkley from the San Diego Union Tribune for taking the time for an interview, and also Maureen Lenahan from the ASPCA. Sources for this series include the interviews above, Pitbull Battle Over an American Icon by Brownwyn Dickey, Inconsistent Identification of Pitbull-Type Dogs by Shelter Staff by K.R. Olson et al., Pitbull Bans in the Human Factors Affecting Canine Behavior by Jamie Medlin. Dog Shootings Race Call for Police Training by Lindsay Winkley. Pet Ownership Laws from San Diego County Animal Services. Pitbull's Injure Woman Kills Her Dog Near SDSU by Lindsay Winkley. Resident Feels Forced to Move Over Pitbulls Now Advocates for the Breed by Tawny McRae and Personal Experience. Special thank you to Doug and Margie Adcock for their continued support.